Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up, Ricago, what the deal be, how you doing, this is Khalif here, this is the Spawn on Me podcast, the premier podcast spotlighting people of color in the video game industry, it is a beautiful day here in Ricago, I am very, very excited to be rocking with you all today, hey, if you came through looking for a dope show, we have a dope show for you, if you are coming here for the first time, welcome to Ricago, we are super excited to have you, um, if you listened to and missed our earlier show or last week's show, which went up a little bit late because, you know, the world was doing things and I was busy and I was working, I was hustling, making things happen, going around the world. That's not true because I was in my house. This is not around the world actually at all. Um, but it was very, very cool. So I have to give a big shout out to Marcus Leto over from V1 Interactive for coming through to the show. Exclusive interview talking about disintegration. And he is always amazing. Uh, so it was fantastic to talk to him. But it's not about him this week. It's not about him this week. We have one of my favorite, favorite, favorite content creators, someone who I continue to watch and and, and admire and, and be inspired by because of the amazing work that she does in the space. Give it up, everybody at home. Fantastic content creator, fantastic podcaster, host of the Creative Life Podcast, Sarah Dietschy. What the deal be... Sarah, how are you doing? How's everything going? I am so impressed with these graphics and the (laughs) the production of everything. I'm like, what is this? How do you do this? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for coming through. I'm so happy to have you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's so funny. As we just went live. I'm getting accused of clickbait on my new YouTube video. It's probably the most dislikes I've ever gotten ever. Well, cause I was like, this is going to be the coolest video ever. I basically put iMessage on my PC. I connected uh, like an old MacBook to the same display and did a lot of cool stuff, but people are like, this is so clickbait. I'm like, y'all, this is a good video. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, at this point, right? It's like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, it is one of those things where, mind you, the, the which, which, which video are we talking about? Just so I have frame of reference, just to make sure. So yeah, I, I just posted it and I changed it to on my PC. I don't know. People are so sensitive, <laughs> but this is, this is the title. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. And I guess, I don't know. I basically connected my old MacBook via like this LG software and I did all this fancy stuff with Logitech Flow to where I have like a Mac in a little pip on my ultra wide display. Yes. Um, and so I can have the power of my PC, but still use iMessage and stuff via the pip. And uh-huh. I did some really like fancy stuff. So I thought people are gonna be like, oh, so stoked on this. But I'm like, I, I go like the video in an hour, there's like 80 dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, that's uh, the, well, well, you know, we'll talk about the, the game of YouTube in, in that respect. <laughs> In a little bit, because so the, glad to be here chatting with you. <laughs> word, word, word. Um, first of all, again, super happy that you're here. I've been watching your stuff for a very, very long time. Uh, some of the stuff that I've been trying to aspire to get to is stuff that you've been doing for a very long time. So, um, it, it's dope to have you here. I want to give the folks at home who may not necessarily know about your work a little bit of information about you and, and let you share about you know how you got into this kind of work and how you started your content creation career uh and then uh you know we'll talk about some podcasting too because i find that so super fascinating 
Yeah. Um, so what's up, guys? My name is Sarah Dici. Uh, I have a channel about tech and creativity. Um, I love, you know, anything from reviewing laptops to just doing goofy videos that I just posted tonight. And apparently they took it too literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so anything from that to kind of I do tech videos, but sometimes there's a more vloggy aspect because I used to vlog a lot. So um, I sometimes bring uh, you know, aspects of my life into it. And then I have a podcast, That Creative Life, where I interview the people who I look, to, uh, look up to, my YouTube peers, business professionals, CEOs. Um, and I've been a full-time YouTuber since 2016. Wow, my goodness. So so you've been going strong for a long time. I mean, I again, I remember some of your early, earliest videos uh, and some yeah. of the beginnings of the Peachy Fam uh, mm -hmm. being in the space. The the game has changed a bunch uh, since 2016 in, in in lots of different ways. The and and kind of transitioning from doing kind of more vlog style stuff right in the beginning to then now doing a little bit more uh, more podcasting bits uh, with you know reviews and, and and ideas around that stuff mixed into the into the mix. What's the transition been like? Having been in the public eye for all this time, what has that kind of been? What's the what's the What's the conversation in your head around that when you get to sit with it? It's it just sometimes it seems like a job. Sometimes it is super exhilarating and fun, and sometimes it's super depressing and you question everything. Um, I <laughs> wish I didn't just look at my phone before this because you're you're experiencing <laughs> in real time. Kind of like the downside of like why are they misunderstanding me? You know. Right. Um, but with that comes um, you know YouTube success comes with inviting a outside audience into your world. And if you don't represent yourself, like it's impossible to give people a full picture of yourself in every single video. Um, but then that's how you grow, right? You reach beyond your audience, you get in the Explorer page and the um, YouTube algorithm. So it's balancing. Uh, it's just kind of a balancing act with it all. And um, I always say that having a following on the internet is like the best kind of fame because it's not fame at all like <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mess up your life at all you know all these like celebrity people um always complain about like oh i'm so famous i can't even go outside <laughs> and i'm like i'm pretty sure even like pewdiepie can still have a nice dinner wherever he goes you know yeah, yeah. um so 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 yeah it doesn't it doesn't I, yeah, I forgot your original question. And but, basically, you know, what's the transition been like from kind right, of doing, right, right. doing, yeah. Yes, yeah, it, it's it's been fun because I, I think YouTube, as much as the algorithm dictates a lot um, of your titles and what you do and all that, um, it, it allows you to uh, innovate, I would say. It forces you to innovate and to change your style. And once you get into one groove for maybe six months, you're like, oh, time to change that up again. Um, so, so yeah, it's, you know, I did more vloggy stuff back in the day, but you learn quickly that some people don't deserve your personal life. And then you get a little <laughs> bit more focused again. <laughs> no, I love that. And I appreciate that. I mean, one of the things I, that I love about your work is that you bring such good energy to all the stuff that you do um, yeah. in, a, in a way that is is super genuine and feels really, really authentic. And, and a lot of folks don't necessarily come off in that way often. And it's hard to balance that out when you don't want to, you know, give too much mm -hmm. of your personal life up in that way. Um, you moved from Texas over to, to my city, New York City, 
Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon now, but I'm from the Bronx. So it's, it's a, uh, oh, amazing. I, I get to live vicariously through you and go back home <laughs> through your videos. Um, I was watching, I was watching some of your stuff and I was like, Oh, I remember that spot. I know that park. <laughs> I know where they're sitting mean. right now. Um, yeah. yeah. Outside. What is that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. For real, is for real. But, but I actually really loved something that you talked about and it kind of reflects back to what you just said about, um, kind of giving yourself up to the public in a little bit of, of a way and how, you know, checking out work and, 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 and looking at your videos and seeing people have dislikes on some of your stuff and all that, how mm -hmm. that, messes with you a little bit and you can cuss if you if you want to we, we play we play <laughs> oh. it blue here if it fucks with you Ooh. it's fine but it's one of those things where um you know you, you tie that stuff to your worth and and i mm -hmm. loved you talked about that in one of your most recent videos and i felt that yeah. so hard uh especially during times of covid uh where mm -hmm. you know you're you're not on your a game and you don't necessarily want to make the stuff and you just you feel like. like a slob and it's it's yeah. an extra level when uh I mean, I don't want to be like, what was me? But when you have a job where you're in front of the camera, it's kind of an extra level where I could still edit a little bit and do admin work. But the moment that you're telling me I got to put on makeup and like turn on a camera and write uh -huh. a script and like be animated in front of a camera, I don't know if I can do that when there's a pandemic just running amok. Um, so that's that's definitely been a challenge in the past few months. And um, that's why it's fun to talk to you because really a recent thing of mine in the past few months is I got back into gaming and yes. I, I had been so busy for so long that I completely just ignored that side of me that I actually really enjoy. And as a kid, I mean, my dad worked for Microsoft and so we would get $20 Xbox games and mm -hmm. that was my life. It was like Xbox and Halo and all these games. Um, but then you grow up and you get a job and it's kind of sad because you lose that. So I, I've been having fun getting back into Animal Crossing, getting, I'm playing the Halo 2 campaign on PC right now. Oh, nice. Um, and it's, it's so nostalgic and so fun. Ooh, we have, we're definitely going to talk about you and your gaming habits because that's, you know, oh, you're, yeah. on, you're oh, yeah. on a gaming show. So we definitely have to talk about that stuff yeah. for sure. Um, one of the things I've always wanted to ask you has, has is about the, the process that, you know, the, the creative process that you go through, I think, it, of course, you talk about how it changes over the times and, and the, the years that you have done this work. I am a, a, a YouTube newbie in lots of ways uh, in terms of creating things and hoping that people like it uh, and all that stuff. Hmm. How, how much has your process changed over the years, you know, having to reinvent yourself over and over and over again to kind of keep up mm -hmm. and beat the algorithm in a lot of ways? To, right, to make sure right. stuff is right. What's that kind of, what's that kind of process been like for you? Yeah. Luckily, it's been fun because I enjoy, uh, because a lot of my content is highlighting other people's uh, process and yeah. diving in and asking people's question uh, questions. It's fun for me to then kind of like reinvent what I'm doing. And in the beginning, it was just chaos. I mean, I knew I love making videos. Um, editing was always my thing, but I had to learn a lot about filming. So uh, I think it's interesting to see my channel going from 2016 to now. I've always been good at editing, but you can see the video quality of my work just like, oh, I'm going to actually use a camera that's not an RX100 so I can plug in dedicated audio. I'm going to figure <laughs> out lighting, you know? Um, like, even right now, I'm in my studio and I was freaking out because 
for the gamers out there, I did try to hook up my cam link and my good That's video true. camera. Okay, I, I tried for y'all. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's fun because I have like rigged lighting now. So even though I'm at a different location with my laptop, like I was able to turn on a light. So hopefully this doesn't look too crappy, you know? Um, and so that's, that's taken a while and taken moments where I actually care about um, what things look like <laughs> um, and <laughs> takes money, you know, like you're telling me I have to buy like $4,000 lights. That's insane. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, but it's been, it's been fun because I, I enjoy that. And so I'm, I'm trying to always learn and get better. But in terms of filming, I think I've definitely maxed out it. I never want to be, I never want to be like stuck in one place because I have to use my fancy cinema camera. I think my videos, I never want it to be limited to, you know, just four walls because, oh, I have a, I have too fancy of a camera where I can't go out and film myself. Yeah. Um, cause I did do a lot, a lot of that in, in the beginning cause it was the RX 100 and I was just like going anywhere and everywhere and filming everything. Um, and so yeah. the fancier you get, the harder it is to, to do that stuff. <clears throat> yeah. We've had to figure out ways to, to, you know, shrink things down for, for doing stuff. We do a lot of shows when you could do shows. Um, and, yeah. and, um, having to slim down your kit was one of the first things that I had to learn because it was usually just me running through and yeah. having to go from like 10 appointments back to back to back, set up a shot, get things together, be, be talent. People, people don't realize that the one man band thing, like that's 80% of YouTube channels that they watch, you yeah. know, very rarely just now am I learning how to, you know, work with freelancers and, and people beyond me. And that's been such a journey in itself, but you have to, you can't, like when you have five people and maybe you have a dedicated uh, dedicated camera guy or gal, then sure, but you don't want to limit yourself because I bet when you had that fancier setup, you were saying, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. My <laughs> camera's too heavy, you know, and then it doesn't necessarily matter how it looks, but if you're actually capturing moments, like important moments. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm happy you touched on the kind of, you know, what the folks don't see. Uh, aspect of, right. of doing the work. Um, right. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that you know that you know and you hear often? Because I'm sure everyone's like, "Well, you just get in front of a camera and you mm -hmm. just knock it out and you just do it, and it's and it's fine and it works." But I'm yeah. I'm sure I looking would, at the stuff that you do, it's like it takes a yeah. lot of time to get that good. Yeah. And in full disclosure, I'm finishing up a comment on this video so people don't get mad at me, so I can pin it and not worry about it. So I can be fully present with you here. I'm saying, OMG, guys, this was meant to be uh, meant to be fun. Don't take the title so literally. I, and then I'm going to do a laughing emoji, and then I'm going to be done with it. Before, before, well, you know what? Before you answer that previous question, which I will come back to. I think that's I think that's honestly a really interesting part is because because we're all trying like, we're, all, <laughs> we're, we're all, all out here trying guys come on show me a little grace and all, what's amazing is like this is what this is what some person behind their keyboard is really worried about like all the shit that's happening out in the world and they're like I'm gonna pile up on this chick yeah. who misconstrued a title but like the title is true as well they just feel tricked because I got an algorithm and I, I titled my video well. They're mad that I'm doing my job too good. Well, here's the thing, right? Is like I get, we get that too, right? We and it's weird because I I feel you a thousand percent, right? Where it's like you do the work of trying to make the thing right, 
And whatever you do, someone will nitpick the hell out of that stuff. How, and it's, how? Yeah, I mean, all these questions are pretty, pretty on point with like, what do you experience behind the scenes? What's the behind the scenes stuff? What's the, you know, like literally just your question of people think you just turn on a camera and, and it all comes together. And what I'm such a big fan of in the design community is they, they have a saying where the best design is invisible. And I think that's mm. true for all creative work is like when you show up and you watch a video and nothing like kind of um, like springs you out of the moment where you're like, oh, that cut was weird. Or wait, why is the lighting so bad when you right. can just enjoy a video and it seems easy? That's when that person is good at what they do, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and and so it, it's so much. I would love for every person who leaves a negative comment to just try to make a video. Literally yeah. write out a script. Be not boring in front of a camera. Properly light it. Figure out uh, what frame rates are and how to start a premiere timeline to match up with that. Figure out how to upload to YouTube. Figure out how to do the audio well. And if you're, if you can, like, yeah. It's just like it is a lot, and well, people don't realize. <laughs> oh, they have no—they have no clue. Like, and even in the podcasting yeah. game, which we'll definitely—we're going to talk about in a second. It's like I, one of my favorite things to hear from folks, from fans, and, and everybody else is like, uh, "That was a great question that you asked." Like that to me is like gold. That's one of the things where I'm like, I did my job right. Mm -hmm. Now that we're doing mm -hmm. video stuff, it's like getting an edit down well and like hitting a musical note or hitting one of those things where you just like hit that thing and you punched it in right where you wanted it feels really good. Um, for you at this point, you know, you go through the process from 2016 to 2020, you're still doing all this work, knocking out hundreds of, of videos a year. And when did you kind of feel like you started to nail it? Like when you're like, I have my aesthetic, I have my, I, my feel, I have the, 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 the ideas that I'm hit that I want to put out from my brain to paper to whatever mm -hmm. are starting to hit in the way I wanted that to hit. When did that kind of feel like it was starting to become real? I feel like I'm always trying to improve and get to a point where I'm on a good flow. Um, mm. It's been very chaotic for the majority of like the four years. <laughs> um, but I will say the moment where I wasn't absolutely miserable was a good moment um, when I like quit, uh, quit vlogging. Cause I was uh. vlogging to just, that was a thing that everyone was doing. You know, you had Casey and he had just shouted me out and he slid into my DMs. It was like, okay, nothing else matters but quantity, 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 quantity. Start vlogging, post five five times a week. I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if he tells me something, I'll do it. Um, that was kind of the worst thing that I did. <laughs> like, it, it was – it was too much. I was trying to focus on the docu-series that I was making at the same time. Um, so trying to vlog five times a week while doing that is just kind of insane. And I wasn't sleeping and I was in a, in a New York city apartment with a bunch of mice and it was just disgusting. And, <laughs> and that was a, a beautiful time for growth and figuring out who, who I am. But, um, after that I had to really sit back and be like, okay, how did this channel start? What yeah. type of videos do I actually enjoy making and what is going to do well? Cause they weren't doing well. Like I had no idea how to title vlogs. I was going, I was losing subscribers. Literally it was at a point where I was at 101,000 subscribers. Every time I would post my subscribers would go down 500 up 500 <laughs> down 600 up 400. And I was like, 
is this normal? I'm not about to publicly <laughs> slip in between 100K subscribers. Like, that's pretty embarrassing if that, if that will happen. Um, so really the, the best turning point for me was after vlogging for six to eight months or so. Um, I just went back to tech videos, like mm. a more conversational vloggy type tech video, but it wasn't based on my life and it was based on tech I was interested in, whether that was cameras or computers. Um, and I just, I again, kind of like approach everything from a state of learning and I love tech, but I don't know about this. So learn with me guys. I don't know about this, learn with me. Um, and that's kind of been the journey ever since then. And even though, of course, I'm trying to nail down my process more, um, it's, I'm not miserable, which is like key. And, and I hate to go back to this video, but because I'm actually like stoked on that video and I'm proud and yeah. I'm like excited about what I accomplished in that video, the dislikes actually, like usually I would be like, crumpled in the corner like crying if i released something that i was like eh on like yeah. maybe if it was a sponsor i took that like i i didn't know about oh i shouldn't so i would start regretting but that was a video that i'm like dude i enjoyed making that video so much that like these little boys can go cry <laughs> it's their problem they can be the ones crying in the corner i dig you know? it I dig it. I dig it. Cause it's, it's a weird space, right? Where it's just like, you put your heart and your soul into this stuff and you, you do it for a very, very long time and you have goals yeah. and you have aspirations. And then you get to a spot yeah. where you're like, this is good. Like I'm knocking this stuff out yeah. of the park. And the people are like, I don't like that ampersand. Like, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, why are you walling out right and now? I, I tell, yeah. And you have to tell yourself that they're like 12 year olds who, you know, like just want to see the world burn. Like at no point can you be like they're real humans with valid opinions. <laughs> oh, you're like, all right, all right, team hater. Like I see you right here in your little cabal of hate. Yeah. Um, just yeah. waiting to try to try to give me some shit. I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those weird things. I think one of the things I think that one of the things that I appreciate about you is your curiosity of the space, right? Is like Again, that good energy is there, that curiosity towards tech, which I, of course, am a big tech head as well. You know, how does that drive you in terms of not only the content, but just kind of the way that you interact? And, and this is kind of leaning into the conversation about the podcast, about, you know, that curiosity being the, the crux and the foundation of some of the work that you already do. Yeah, um, I think it's one of the most important things ever to stay curious. It was actually one of when I had maybe 2000 subscribers and Teespring just became a thing. I was oh, like, wow. oh, I'm going to start merch. <laughs> but it was like in 2014. <laughs> no one was doing merch, you know, or was it 2013? I don't know. But I made this sweater and it just said, like, stay curious on it. Uh. Um, and I'm pretty sure I still have it today. I sold, I literally sold three which, you know, is pretty, I mean, that's not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not bad. When I was just starting. Um, but those are words that I live by. And that's really what drove the YouTube channel. And even before I started the podcast, That Creative Life, I had a lot of really cool creative conversations with people um, for my YouTube channel um, and what I was doing because I, I always wanted to learn. And, uh, you know, I had a docuseries called Creative Spaces TV and I would do 60 minute interviews with those people and then I would film their day. It was like a two day process to film all this and then I would condense it into a 10 minute video. And I did like three seasons of that. And so once I started really missing that, but that wasn't viable to bring back my channel because YouTube was all of a sudden my job and mm -hmm. asking people to block out 
two days of their workday is honestly like a lot to ask. Sure. Um, so it, it just, it, that format didn't work anymore. Um, so, you know, it was like, it was two or three years ago. I was like, Hey, po podcasts are popping. Maybe I can do the same thing that I love asking questions from people, um, in the creative and business space. And I can selfishly learn, but then I might as well share that with my audience. I mean, that's, that's a lot of value and that's cool. Um, so I kind of got what I used to do, you know, with my YouTube channel and, and what I love, but, um, in a new, in a new space. And it's, it's been so fun. Like it, it's the most challenging thing to monetize and I'm not, I didn't do it to monetize it. Um, you know, it really is, it pays dividends for the relationships that you build. Um, if you didn't have the show, we would have probably never like talked and right. hung out and, you know, maybe we're hanging out in five years in New York, like being BFFs. Um, but you kind of have to have that, that thing that provides value to everyone who we all get some content and like, um, like this is way more likely to happen than, uh, you know, me DMing an important person being like, let's go get some coffee, you know? <laughs> um, so, so it, it's really great for that. So if I never make a cent on the podcast, like whatever, it's great all around. Um, but that's probably been the, the biggest challenge because YouTube, it kind of just, it worked right there. Yeah. There were moments where, I had to tweak things and I had to, you know, do things here and there to make sure I was, um, killing it more. Um, but this has been the first like big challenge of like, Oh, this isn't my space. It is guarded by people of uh -huh. the podcast network land. Uh -huh. There are three different middlemen before you even get your cut of, you know, so it's like by the time that the big company who, owns all of the podcast ads where all the other companies go to by the time they pass it off to the podcast network that passes it off to another podcast network, you're left with like 50 bucks. And <laughs> you're like, no, I don't want to sell 20,000 of my most valuable audience to you for $50. Are right. you insane? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, Oh, well, I mean, that's a whole other whole, that could be a whole other show about, the way they try to G you in the podcasting game in that way. It's is, a weird world, isn't it? It's really strange because I think to a certain extent, it was like there were so many shows that were happening pre-serial, right? So it's like serial mm -hmm. was the thing that everyone yeah. kind of glommed onto. It was like now podcasts are back and people who were there from like 92 were like, yo fam, we've been here for a long time. Bro. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Um, exactly. Shout out, shout out to the folks over at Game Attack Radio, especially because they, you know, another podcasting uh, fam in the space that was doing that work from, you know, before when that became the big thing. Um, but it is such a weird space because you don't know you know, where all the things work, there's so many walled gardens, mm -hmm. analytics are still funky in a way yeah. that is just and stupid. It's, it's too, there's too much, um, like, well, I mean, I already said it, there's too many middlemen. Like, there's yeah. too many people in the middle who aren't doing diddly squat, but then they're getting so much of the ad revenue. Yeah. It just, it's so infuriating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am curious about the transition from doing vlogging work, doing YouTube work to now being the host of a show in a podcast form, which is very, very different than I think a lot of people really understand. Like vlogging and talking to the camera is you're, you're talking and having the conversation to, you know, the internet in lots of ways. But when you're having those conversations face to face and via, you know, via the internet like this, you know, hosting is a very different thing. 
get, you know, pulling up good questions. And, and, and again, that curiosity that you already have is gives you a, a leg up on a lot of different people. What What's the process been for you learning how to podcast in a way uh, that, you know, is a little bit different than the, the content that you already usually create? Honestly, it's the easiest thing for me to do. <laughs> like, I love that. like, being a YouTuber is still challenging every single day of my life. And I try to get better. And it, you know, sometimes always feels like an up, um, uphill battle. But like, being curious of people's profession is so easy for me. And to be able to be that number two person on YouTube, I'm so used to like, having that pressure of being the only person and showing up. And again, the words that come out of your mouth have to have value, but then you have to make sure that you're not like frowning the entire time. And you're going to have a bunch of comments being like, smile more. And then you're going to just want to go berserk. Um, and then you have to make sure that, you know, every single cut is good. And um, so the fact on the podcast that I just get to like sit back and just be like, Oh, no way. So, how did you do this and then connect it to this and tell me more? Um, that's so fun and easy for me. I mean, yeah. I, I get to interview a lot of people who I'm fans of, so it's much easier that way. Um, but recently, you know, I've been doing some interviews of YouTubers I've never even heard before. And that's been fun. You know, I basically take probably like an hour or two to binge some of their, their videos, their own podcasts. And I'm able to get a good idea of, someone just from a couple hours and seeing their social media post and if there's overlap with them being YouTubers, it's, um, it's really easy to just ask them questions that I'm so curious about. I mean, the past year for me has been about hiring people. So yeah. every single person who I get in the chair, I'm like, okay, listen, I need you to explain to me. And then you forget that there's a mic there and you forget that you're talking to thousands of people. Yeah. But in that moment, I'm like, tell me all of your secrets. Yeah. yeah, yeah How yeah, did yeah. you go, you know, Linus from Linus Tech Tips, like, yeah. bro, how did you go from you to now employing almost 30 people? Like you yeah. guys gave me the deep on that, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you have, you have interviewed some of my favorite people, Linus Tech Tips, you know, Gary V, yeah. Casey Nestad, a whole bunch of folks, MK, MKB. Um, it's been really cool to see not only just the conversations you've had kind of um, not not exposed. I don't want to expose, but like, that's not the word I want is to surface, <laughs> expose yeah. them. You become an investigative reporter. Yeah. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I want that to be my brand. <laughs> so Sarah has joined TMZ and is now pulling out all the good information. About yeah. All the people. yeah. Have surfaced uh, great information that they have then been able to share because you've asked good questions. What's the, what's the, what's the uh, formula for a good question? Uh, when you think about Ooh. things that you want to ask people? Well, what a good question. I haven't been asked that before. <laughs> um, honestly, I think it's one of those things that, like you have to be in touch with your audience, know where they're coming from. I have a lot of creators in my audience. It's like, I feel like it's probably 60% creators and 40% uh, like entrepreneurial type people who yeah. maybe have a nine to five, but they just want to, you know, throw caution to the wind and start their own business. So, um, 
I, I try to go in the weeds as much as possible with creative work or business because I know business people need to be more creative and creative people need more structure and probably could benefit from the business side of things. So as long as I uh, strike a good balance with that. Um, and I think one thing that I don't want to toot my own horn, but someone said this to me recently that might help people in terms of asking questions. I didn't even know this was a word, but like active listening, yeah, I yeah. guess it's something I do. Um, Cause like you don't want to be just stuck to a list of questions that you stick to and you, you never, you know, uh, deviate from that. You want it to be conversational. You want it to be a conversation. So if they take it to left field and that's really interesting, you don't want to bring it back to, a, you know, your next question that has nothing to do with that. Really going deep with someone and learning, uh, learning things from stories. I mean, if you can get out stories from people, that's the, the most enjoyable part of podcasts is I think when you don't even like notice the time passing, cause you feel like you're just like hanging out with this person at a campfire and just like, you know, soaking in stories. So, um, I think being able to just be like an active listener and coming up with questions as they're talking, um, is, is really, um, powerful. Yeah. I mean, you interview a lot of your peers in the space, which I think is, is also yeah. makes it a little bit easier to kind of um, totally. get the work done because you already have a vibe of what they what they do and who they are and all that stuff. Do you do you still get nervous uh, when you do any of these things at this point? Um, let's see. Oh, for sure. I'm trying to remember the last person I got nervous about. Um, it's weird because like when I hung out with Linus, he's so he's like such a big personality and I thought I was yeah. going to be pretty nervous with him, but he is so down to earth and so cool um, that I instantly felt comfortable around him. Um, but I do like, I mean the first and second and third time that I met Gary was, yeah. I mean, he, I view him as like my long lost dad. Like <laughs> I started watching him. Like he was literally the first person that I ever heard. You don't have to finish college. And mm -hmm. I was like, what? Wait, what? And that was really the start of me dropping out of college. So um, I think he's had such a big impact in my life to where um, even though I should be super comfortable around him because I've been around him many times, like it's just maybe because he is just so like he's such a big personality. Yeah. I don't even know the right word for him yeah. that when you're around him, you're like, hi. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I want to, I need to pretend like I'm your peer. We got to get that energy going. Yeah. So like, I love you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he might adopt me, you know, <laughs> for him. I mean, a recent podcast that I did, um, I have one episode coming out with Ryan Serhamp. Yeah. Who, um, he's million dollar listing and all those things. He's kind of a similar, uh, type of personality where he, and he's so physically large too. He's super tall that when he walks in the room, I feel like anyone would get this kind of like nervous vibes, but yeah. then he's such a goofball and a normal human too, that it, it tends to subside. So I would probably say Gary is yeah. the, the one that I still get nervous around. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Gary stuff. I've been a huge fan of his for a long time. I think honestly, he actually helped me out in a, in a interesting way. Um, oh, yeah? l last year, uh, we had a, a split within the members of the team that was on the show and he talked a little bit about, you know, like finding people who can, can, can give you good spaces to, to move forward. 
Um, and, and, and energy being a really good thing to have good people around you who have good energy. And like, yeah. if you're not moving in the same direction, you got to kind of split. Um, yeah. and I remember and hearing that with someone who's negative, that's bad news. Yeah. And it was just like that energy that I remembered in that, that mantra of like, if you want to go forward, you want to do something well, like sometimes you have to split up and that's, and it, and it wind up yeah. being something that, that definitely moved me forward and gave me a lots of good space for that. Do you have any favorite memories so far of the conversations that you've had with people or, or I, I know usually when you're doing a show or when you're doing anything like this, the world is always around you and doing stuff, right? It's like, you never know what's going to happen. The weird stuff happens mm -hmm. all the time on shoots. Uh, do you have any memories or any, any specific things that you recall that oh, was like man. really funny and weird? Man. I mean, in general, I, I love the word weird. Cause I think everyone, everyone is so much more quirky than you think. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, if you're hanging out with like a best friend or a significant other, you have those moments where it's just like, we're so weird. Like no one would accept us. What is going on? But then you like, you get in a room with someone for an hour and there's like that. If you're really like vibing with someone, yeah. of course I've had those interviews where I'm like, Oh my God, say something helpful. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, a little harder, but when you really vibe with someone, I think that's the funnest part or more fun. Is that not a word? I don't know. Um, but when you just realize like, man, you're as weird as me. This is great. Yeah. You know, I mean, a good example of that, I think, is Peter McKinnon. He's just like a mm. huge goofball. I mean, you see that in the videos, though, but he's like a genuine human um, in real life. Very rarely do I meet people where what you see on camera is just is what you get in real life. Of course, it's a little bit more exaggerated because we all do that. But um, I'm trying to think of like specific moments. Um, I mean... One, oh God, who was I interviewing? I was interviewing someone like really big and I accidentally dropped my Zoom recorder. Um, <laughs> and like the power fell out and like I just oh, wow. started sweating so much. And and I just got, I was so, oh, who was that? I mean, that was something that I, I did. Um, but ever <laughs> since then, that's why I use the, this guy, the, road podcaster oh, yeah, situation yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm like that thing hasn't fallen off the fallen off the table and you know it has like continuous power and um god that that like scarred me and see i can't even remember who it was i just blocked it out <laughs> you have blocked that thing out of your mind it's yeah, no longer there yeah i'm sure you've had I one of those moments where you were like all right we're gonna start this interview you did the interview it was fantastic you didn't hit record i know that you probably had Ooh. one of those too mm -hmm. yeah i've so it hasn't been that bad, but I've done that for someone else's podcast. Where <laughs> luckily we had the luckily we had the Skype audio as backup. Yeah. But again, I dropped. So if you drop one of those smaller recorders, I dropped it again. Um, it and it stops like the power got words. The power got cut. <laughs> um, and if it gets turned off while you're recording, it doesn't save the recording. So I oh, feel wow. so bad, but. In the back of my head, I was like, thank God it wasn't my podcast. <laughs> but yeah, again, that's why I try to like, you know, those mistakes only happen a couple times because um, they're just so scarring. It's it's so hard because it is one of those things where you're like, I'm a professional, damn it. And I know how to do this mm -hmm. stuff. And then when it doesn't work, you're just like, oh, shit, that thing didn't work. And I totally yeah. just botched that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I also wanted to talk to you about, because I've been looking through your timeline on Twitter um, and, and prepping for the show, 
you know, we're, we're doing all the stuff we're on under pandemic and everyone's on lockdown and all this stuff. Um, and one of the things I really appreciated was like, you've been talking a lot about just the world, right? You know, your feelings about how things have been going, you know, your relation to your work uh, during a time like this. And also been like giving out good information and shouting people out and helping to raise money for things and causes that mm-hmm. are surrounding the, the issues that we're seeing in the current climate. How has your audience kind of, you know, gravitated to that stuff? Do you have folks that are just like, yo, Sarah, this is dope. This is fantastic that you're doing this work. Because yeah. um, we see that there's a lot of conversations with folks where sometimes the like get the politics out of my content thing is real. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. you feel like, yeah. you feel like what- your audience has been chill? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's so unique, I feel like what we're going through right now is I think everyone can recognize that this is this is like a human issue. Um, of course, there's always politics involved, but um, like if people want to get into it, I mean, you should research it since like literally Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, like everyone has been contributing to this like police state that we're living in right Uh now. (laughs) Um, So, so it's been, I know we're getting heavy now, but um, it's, it's been something that has been so good for me to, I feel like just learn history through a new lens. Cause I, I feel like our, our history books and our classes and I'm from Texas too. So that's, that might you I might've had like a completely different history book than some people, you know, Um, there's, there's so many things that, when you can view and read through the lens of like being an adult and being a little bit more empathetic and, Oh, I, I live in a place where there's just such a diverse community of people and lifestyles and, and seeing that through a new lens has been um, just, I feel like super powerful for me. So it's like, I feel like a lot of my audience has been really, really great and kind of like being on the journey with me and the other tech people. And um, I mean, I don't have the type of content or the type of like platform where I'm just going to be like raging every day about what Trump is doing. Like (laughs) we already have enough of that on our feed, but Hey, if we can like raise money to hold police accountable, like let's do that, you know? And, um, there's, you know, it's been the special moment too being in New York. I mean, I've been seeing, um, like, literally row and row and row after just huge peaceful protests every single day outside my apartment. Um, so it's been, it's been cool to kind of live right in the middle of it too. And, and, and see it happening right out my window. Yeah. I do miss that part. Um, weirdly, um, from, from being out here in Portland, like we've been doing a whole bunch of protesting too. And it's been, it's been fantastic, but New York energy is just so different. It is yeah. such a you, you definitely feel in the middle of the world when you're in New York. You're like, yeah. okay, this is what everyone's looking at. And I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, too, in the past um, few days, I've been getting messages of people being like, like, you're riding your bike around New York and like, there's no flames. What's going on? Like, the news <laughs> is making it seem like this crazy battleground. And I'm like, no, guys, it's like, you can't feed that poison into your brain every hour of the day it's like it's not like (laughs) i don't know i wish people just had stuff straight from the source you know because of course we had like two really crazy days where there was a lot of crazy stuff happening in new york um but i'm literally on the streets riding my bike like from my office to my apartment back and forth every single day um so I, i get to really see it up front and it's like y'all it's not like (laughs) <laughs> it's 
super okay and like all the everyone's wearing masks in the protests and um you know like everything's peaceful there once the police kind of understood if like they don't start beating up random people it's gonna be peaceful so once they caught onto that everything has been great (laughs) (laughs) i mean i saw one of the videos where you you and your um fiance or husband i yeah fiance fiance um, Not that, yeah, the pandemic slowed slowed the wedding plans. Yes, down. <laughs> yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Um, we're riding around on your motorized uh, skateboards, and you, there was like a shot, yeah. and you stopped. And you're like, "Oh, the protests are happening right over there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sorry, it's, it's really loud, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I appreciate that. I think that there's always been a weird misconception about how New York works. Like one, I think yeah. a lot of people from outside who who have never been who have never lived there. Think it's still like the '80s version of New York, where everyone's getting beat up on the train, just like the Warriors. I know, and and they keep (laughs) saying that, like, oh my God, it's just like that time. Like, what is what is happening? And like, I don't think anyone in the city or outside the city likes De Blasio, our mayor. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah, um, it's it's not like. It's not that. It's not the 70s, 80s New York. Like, no. too many rich people own condos here. Like, they're not going to let that happen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, it's not, it's not rocking like that. I doubt that there will be Thunderdome down in Gramercy Park. Yeah, like, that's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. People are still rolling out and getting yeah. lattes. It's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, just today, there is this, there is this dude in bed Brooklyn yelling all lives matter at this poor coffee girl. I saw that. And I'm like... Oh, and I'm like, yo, if that's in Bed-Stuy, like, there's definitely different energy in New York City now. (laughs) Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. But, like, it's it's probably, you could probably use the word diverse. It's gotten diverse in the sense of, like, you got people with all types of thinking now here, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, maybe sometimes it's not for the better, but. (laughs) It is the melting pot, as they say. Uh, the big apple, yeah, yeah, yeah. as they say. Um, I want to shift and talk about gaming stuff because one of the things that yes. I am really excited about was I got this chance to see you talk about gaming, which was a thing I had not seen before. And I was like, yo, Sarah's <laughs> talking about gaming shit. We got to see if we can get you on the show to talk about gaming yeah. stuff. Um, and you've had your now Animal Crossing journey. Your Animal Crossing journey has begun. It has started. So Have, how, how, how bad is the addiction? How, how bad has it gotten at this point? So it got really bad. I haven't, I haven't played in two weeks because I had to just shut it off. Like, yeah. and I know that's so sad to admit because I love it so much, but it got to a point where, and I mean, I was going, you know, I went to, I went back to Texas for two months at the peak of all this because people just didn't know what to expect. No. Um, and I was so anxious and I was just like, wrecked i mean it was i have never been a person that was like hey guys today i'm gonna talk about like how i deal with anxiety and depression like i always <laughs> that was always my like Psh, you know um as i've grown older i've been able to learn how to be empathetic with those people but i grew up with like that that type of parent and grandparent that was like suck it up you know (laughs) this isn't real and then you grow up and you learn things you learn about like oh like a chemical imbalance is actually a thing and stuff like that um 
tangent. Um, but for the first time ever, I was like experiencing like crippling anxiety. Huh. And I just started playing Animal Crossing for literally a week straight. I like text my manager and I was like, listen, I'm not going to be responding. I need to just like <laughs> chill out. Nothing is going to be posted. I'm apologies. But um, and I kind of just stayed because we did like the 14 day quarantine in a hotel before we went to my parents. Um, and so I just stayed in this dark, dingy hotel and just played Animal Crossing for like over a week. <laughs> and it was so fun. I made I made one video that week and it was about Animal Crossing and answering email. Like, what the heck, you know? Um, and I was like, this is my contribution to the world this week. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I, I love it. But I've, I've definitely had to just kind of step back for a few weeks because now I'm so behind. I mean, that didn't – that lasted for probably a solid two months of – that one week was pretty intense, and it yeah. was like I woke up, I ate, I played Animal Crossing, I ate, I played Animal Crossing, I ate again, and then I fell asleep. That was for a week. But for the greater two months, I would work for like two or three hours a day yeah. and I'd play Animal Crossing. So it was literally – I just had to kind of like be like, Sarah – listen you gotta chill you gotta do something and I just made a video it's so funny because really all of my videos right now I had all of these amazing tech videos planned before you know the pandemic started um, but now it's literally just like maybe more kind of the the vloggy stuff that I used to do it's yeah. more of just like I'm gonna walk you through what I'm doing and how I'm dealing with all this because even my last video was just like I got into time tracking. <laughs> Let's talk about time tracking. <laughs> it was super um, helpful though. Thank you. Yeah, it, it helped me get out of get out of the slump because I had no accountability to anyone. Um, but it's like once you start that timer, you're like, oh, I gotta work. Like I gotta do yeah. this because I have a timer going and I, I wanna make sure all of my time entries are good to go and my data isn't skewed, like I said in the video. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of your Animal Crossing time, I pulled a nice small clip from uh -oh. one of your one of your uh, videos, your most recent videos, and I gotta play this for everybody at home. Everybody in Chicago, check this out. Do it. But it's so funny. Okay, something I wanted to talk about, which I, I find so funny about Animal Crossing, is a lot of it is interacting with friends and going to other people's islands. I've only done that with a couple people because I have to say this reflects real life a little too much. It's great because, hey, I'm not hanging out with friends in real life social distancing, so I go over to their island. We take some selfies. I post to social media. It's like the same thing in real life. It's fun. I had a jam session with my friend Aaron, so you guys can check out my room as I'm ranting. I have the golden plates, <laughs> but what's so funny is I have the same anxiety as in real life. Like when someone's like, hey, send me your switch code. I want to come to your island. I'm like, whoa, it's not clean. My island is not clean. You know, like when, when someone is coming over to your apartment or something and it's the most terrifying thing ever because you have clothes everywhere. Well, in Animal Crossing, I'm like, I haven't picked out all the weeds yet. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel ashamed that I don't have enough stuff. Very American. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Yo. And you know what was so funny too? Is I watched that clip back and I'm reminded of all of the good times because those were like that's what my anxieties turned into is I was hanging out with friends again but in my Animal Crossing island so yeah. I would I would have some of my high school friends that I, I bonded with again because of Animal Crossing but 
it would happen where like they would shoot me a text and I'd be like, you got to give me an hour to pick some weeds. Like I can't have you coming over here with this place being a mess, you know? Um, so it was this beautiful time where I was hanging out with people, um, you know, old friends from Texas and because no one was hanging out in the whole quarantine, it's crazy that like nothing really has changed three months later, um, two months later, but, <laughs> It was, it was so fun. I mean, I, I just hung out with friends and we'd get on FaceTime and um, do that for two hours. And of course, my family was like, what are you doing? Like, I don't understand this. <laughs> but it was a blast. I mean, first of all, the editing on that was so damn good. That made me really happy. <laughs> the, the Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was so fantastic. And also, my well, you ver- wanna- Yeah, what? You want to know a really fun fact is that was the first video that I handed off to this new editor that I was trying out and he did such a good job that I'm still working with him today. And it was the first light at the end of the tunnel that I've seen with editors that I've tried to hire because I'm so picky and I've been editing videos for 10 years. Everyone, like I'll try out one person with one or two videos and I'm like, nope, next. Um, so he made that video really fun. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's dope. I want to steal that. That was so good. That was so good. That was so good. And also, that spoke to all my Virgo tendencies of being like, yo, this shit ain't clean yet. You can't come through. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you think? What do you think this is? I don't want people thinking I, and it's so funny now in my, uh, the last video I posted, there's two, there's like two or three comments about Animal Crossing, but I was kind of joking, but not really joking, like basically being like, my office is a mess. This is a problem. And someone commented, oh my God, your Animal Crossing is, or your Animal Crossing house is cleaner than your house in real life. (laughs) And I was like, you got to keep it clean in one of them. So might as well be Animal Crossing. It's like that sometimes. I know, God, during all this time, how many pairs of sweatpants have I just worn? I don't know at this point. Like, who knows at this point? I'm not changing anything. And when's the last time you've washed them? I I have three on rotation. I don't remember the last time I washed them. Yeah. I'm not wearing them outside. <laughs> who cares? I'm sorry. You know? I don't have, like, train butt, you know? So I'm good. <laughs> oh, God. Especially if you're, especially if you're on the, the two or the five. Anyway. <laughs> it's a different ass. <laughs> a whole different ass. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was so funny. My first year in New York, um, the train that I, I mean, it was a terrible apartment because it was a ton of mice. Um, I lived like right outside Penn Station. It was terrible. Oh, wow. The first two or three years, I kind of just started moving more uptown on the west side. Um, It's like the more money I made, I was like farther away from Penn Station. Um, But my train was always the ACE. And that was the only train I ever knew. And like, holy crap, like that thing is always on time. It's always super clean. Like Mm -hmm. you can get like the West side has it figured out. Um, But then I moved to Brooklyn this past year and it's been a whole new journey with all these different lines of of subways. And I'm like, interesting. So this is why people complain about the subway here. (laughs) (laughs) It is no joke. I used to be on the A on the A side. I was over in in Bed-Stuy right before I moved out to Portland and uh, having lived in the Bronx all the way at the top of the map. Like all the way up, like way up on the two and the five line. Um, yeah. It is very, very different uh, in, <laughs> uptown versus, you know, Brooklyn oh, and downtown yeah. for sure. Oh, um, yeah. We're almost out of time, which is unreasonable. And this time has flown by. Mm-hmm. I can keep you here and talk to you for hours about all the dope stuff that you it's do. Fun. 
have um, to do a part two. Yes, please. I would love that. I would love for you to, you know, we, we, anytime we have someone come through to Bricago, we, we, we don them as residents at that point. Uh, so you are now a Bricago resident. Uh, so that means you can love come through when, whenever you want. Um, a thing I like to ask folks, especially during these times is about what is bringing you joy? There's the, the things that are, that are making you, you know, happy, the things that are, you know, getting you up in the morning to continue to do the stuff that you do. Uh, what are some of the things that are bringing you joy right now? Yeah. Um, such a good question. I think, uh, my personal life is kind of just being goofy with my fiance, John. Um, like having a best friend as like a partner is really cool. Um, cause you can just be just goofy as hell at all times. And just everyone needs more laughter in their life. You know, yeah. if you're not laughing, you're doing something wrong. Um, so I think on the personal side of things, definitely that. And then with, Work, I'm just trying to always challenge myself because I, I feel like whenever I uh, do something a little new or I'm literally in the process of like building a startup with um, my partner, Adam, and business partner, and that has been such an exciting time. I mean, every time that, you know, maybe I'm DMing with a VC or I'm, you know, uh, connecting these two people and it's contributing to this like bigger thing that'll eventually be hopefully like making thousands of people's lives better. Um, that like gets me so excited. And I, I think, you know, in the beginning of all this and, uh, if, if I'm like, I like, I, I need to be nervous more, you know, huh. like I've kind of, when I'm not like, I'm pretty chill with everything. Like it's good. I got things on lock. Um, I still have fun with things, but very rarely am I like nervous, mm. you know, like I need that energy of like going into Gary V's office every day. Um, so I, I think that's kind of what I'm tapping into this new uh, business switchboard that will hopefully be in beta in the next couple months. I'll shoot you a DM. Um, it's, it's going to help making it'll actually be perfect for you. It'll be making this hour podcast and chopping it into a hundred bits of little pieces of content Ooh. with a press of a button. So, 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 you know, having something like that, that's a little bit bigger than me is, is really exciting. That's badass. I love that. That's a, you just, you just answered many, many prayers and made me, Yeah. I don't have, as oh, you can see, I have no more hair to pull bit. out. I have no more hair to pull right. out. Right. So you right. will save me from going for the beard. Yes. I'll take your beer. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, you are amazing. Again, thank you so, so much for coming and rocking with us here in Chicago yeah. and on Spawn on Me this afternoon. Again, for the folks at home who are who may be new to some of your stuff, give them the 411 on, on all the ways they can connect with you and your in your content. Yeah, definitely. Uh, YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter. You can just Google Sarah Peachy. You'll find all of those. Um, and then my podcast, That Creative Life. You can just search on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And um, yeah, Sarah Peachy YouTube and the podcast. So thanks for having me. This is fun. Word, it's really word. Easy to talk to you. Thank you. See, that means you're you're a great interviewer too. Oh, see, you real heard it here. Real recognize real, right? See, yes, I'm talking about. See, you heard it here, everybody in the chat. Everybody in podcast land, everybody in Twitch land, you heard it. Sarah Dietschy said yep. it about me and yep. the show. So what the deal be? Mm -hmm. Anywho, everybody, we're going to get up out of here. This has been the Spawn of Me podcast. Again, dopeness that you only get on our show. Uh, come back next week. We'll be having some more conversations. EA Play just happened. I didn't even get a chance to see it. I heard the Skate 4 got released or, or not got released, but got 
uh, talked about as a real thing. So I'm excited Wait, about excuse that. Excuse me. Skate four just my, got dropped. My fiance is a professional skateboarder, I so know. I hear about skate three all the time. Uh-huh. So I didn't know that there was another. I didn't. I thought that was like over with. I got That's you. That's interesting. I will, I will get you all the all the dope uh, skating games that are out right now. Huh. I'll, I'll hip you to all the stuff that's on there. So we'll we'll, we'll chat about that Very stuff cool. for sure. Very Everybody cool. at home, much love to you. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. Don't be <laughs> don't be out in the streets uh, getting trained ass uh, for no for no yep. reason. Yep. Wash those sweatpants if you do. Wash the sweatpants. <laughs> Hashtag wash them sweatpants. <laughs> yep. All right, y'all. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> Peace.